serve a good God. He loves us. He doesn't want us to sit in pain just so we can hear, his, hear what he has to say. He wants to heal you today. Amen? So now we're, we are going to get into the word a little today. You know, February is, um, we always think about Valentine's Day. But we are talking about relationships. Do you guys think that the Lord is concerned about your relationship? Or is he only concerned about your spiritual where you're going to spend eternity. No. He loves you. He loves every part of you. He wants you walking in victory in every part of your life, in your relationships with your coworkers, in your relationships with your spouse, in relationship with your children. He wants victory. Total victory. I wish I had my sword. Total victory. That's what we're here today to have. Total victory. So, um... Just, uh, we are ready. We're ready. Amen? We're ready to take back some ground. The enemy is won too many times. And no more. No more. No more. So we're going to lay some stuff down today. But, uh, you know, Wednesday is all the women said Valentine's Day, and all the men said, huh? Guys, you have three days. Wednesday is Valentine's Day. But uh, I always, I'm the children's pastor here. So every time we have Valentine's Day, I go over what Valentine's Day is. I try to calm it down a little because it is a, it's quite the story because Valentine lived in about the 300s and he was under an emperor that fought many wars. And so you don't think that marriages are important to God. You look, if you want to know what's important to God, you look and see what the enemy is attacking. And you go, oh, that must be important to God. So during that time, the emperor, he was fighting wars. And he found out that the people, the men who really fought good were the ones who weren't married and didn't have families because they didn't have anything to lose. So he made a law, no more getting married. You can't, but Valentine was a priest at the time, and so he secretly would marry people. Marriage is God's idea. It was his, his plan from the very beginning. So Valentine would marry people in secret while the emperor found out and put him in prison. And he uh, was a martyr for the, for the cause. But during that time, he actually, one of the jailer's daughters, he, he tutored or whatever, and she was blind, and he prayed for her, and she was healed. And that's why the Catholic Church, because you have to have a miracle, the Catholic Church, uh, anyway. And so the, the legend says that he wrote his last letter to the little girl and said, you're Valentine. That's where that came from. But... February 14th is not the day he was born. That's the day he died. That's what we were literally celebrating the day that this man died. But we need to remember, listen, this, this is God's plan. God's plan is families. God's plan is marriages. That's God's purpose. And Valentine was willing to die for that belief. And so here we are today. Are you willing to die to yourself 
for a good marriage? Are you willing to die to yourself? I mean, we're not in the position yet that we have to die physically, but listen, how many of you guys know that there's a dying to self? If you're going to have a blessed marriage, a blessed family, because selfishness is definitely going to kill your marriage. So, I'm really not talking about marriage today. I'm talking about families and my, everybody knows my mode is kids. But I want to encourage you today to listen. Because even if you don't have kids, see the thing about it is, is these principles are true no matter what. They come from the word. And they're true. And, and yeah, there might be some regret saying, wow, I wish I would have learned that when I was a kid. But you need to learn them now. And you can. It just might take a little longer. To re- some retraining. So what, you know, last week Pastor Margaret talked about the black dot and the white space. And that's great and well, so I'm going to just build on that. I want to talk about spirit-led families. Because I don't know how many of you grew up in the church, grew up here in the church How many of you, this church thing is new to you? Anybody? Yay! Well, good. Because we're going to, we get to start from solid ground. Some of you, we may have to tear down some old thoughts. Um, Because I've been in this a long time. I've been preaching about kids and teaching about training kids for over 30 years. My oldest is going to be 33 And of course, I knew everything before. You know how it is. You you always know everything before you have kids and then realize you have kids and go, oh, uh, I don't know anything. It's the the practice, the implementation, whatever. What is it? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Of what we know is a little bit harder than head knowledge. It comes out. So... um, You know, God's word is true, period. It is true. This is our tool. But I can take this, and I can come over there, and I can beat Josiah over the head with it. The principles in it aren't going to get in his heart. Right, Josiah? (laughs) He's like, no. I'm twice your size, Miss Kim. I'm faster than you, I'm pretty sure. No? No. So I want to do it a little different this time. Because we have to have the word, but we have to have the spirit. So I want to talk about being spirit-led today. Because we have a choice, and I'm going to say this several times, that you're going to, you have a choice. You have a free will. You get to choose. You get to choose how you're going to live your life. You can choose, yes, Jesus is my redeemer. He's my savior. If you've made that choice, thank the Lord. But there's another choice after that step. You can say, Lord, I want you to be my Lord, not just my savior. Because I I have a lot of scripture (laughs) that I base my stuff on. So if you ever say, where's that scripture found that you come get me after? Because I'm just going to quote them. But in Corinthians, it talks about, hey, you've been bought with a price. You are no longer your own. 
You know, if he's your savior, he bought you. He paid a high price. He paid the price of his son for you. So we can either stay right here, that he's your Lord, he is your savior, or you can take that step of faith and say, no, Lord, I want you to be my Lord. I want to follow after you in every area of my life. And what you'll probably find out is, okay, Lord, you're Lord right here in my finances. Some people, or not. Or you're Lord right here in my marriage. Or not. Or you're Lord right here in my parenting. Or not. Or you're Lord right here in my eating. Ouch. Or not. He wants to be Lord in every area of your life. And you know what? When he's your Lord, you can trust him because he loves you. He loves you. He created you. He knows how you function optimally. But if we just hang on to those things in our life because we think, oh, no, I don't want to let that go, it's not letting go. It's receiving his fullness. So when you're spirit-led, you have a choice. You can be led by the spirit, or you can, the natural, or supernatural, or you can be led by the natural, your flesh, the world. So those are synonyms. So you can have supernatural results in your families, or you can have natural results in your families. Hey, I want supernatural results, don't you? I want supernatural results. We're kind of in the stage in our life that just doing what we've always done is not good enough. We're at war, and we need to be raising warriors. If we're just raising kids that just get by and don't, I mean, what's your goal in raising your kids? Are you just saying, I just want a kid that doesn't, a girl that doesn't get pregnant before she gets married, uh, and they don't, are not on drugs. Is that your goal? Absolutely not. I mean, maybe that is your goal, but your goal should be, I want to raise kids that do damage to the kingdom of the enemy, that are kingdom-minded in everything that they do. They're kingdom-minded in their education. They're kingdom-minded with their finances. Did you know that they can learn that when they're little? They're kingdom-minded. Everything is about the kingdom and not themselves. And they learn that when they're with you. But guess what? Being spirit-led starts with you. It starts with me. It doesn't, it doesn't start with your spouse. It doesn't start with your kids. You have to be spirit-led to be a spirit, to raise spirit-led kids. So that means you're fully surrendered. I'm fully surrendered to you, Lord. Can you say that? I'm fully surrendered. I'm going to do whatever he calls me to be, do, whatever. If he wants me to start the service with prayer, we don't usually do that. No, it's like, you know what, it's not about me. We have to do that in every area, whether it's your marriage, it's not about you. It's about the other person. And you have to decide, am I going to be spirit-led or am I going to be the worldly-led, flesh-led? Because the world will say in the marriage, marriage is 50-50, you know, give and take. Marriage is 100%, 100%, 100% submitted to the Lord. 
both of you. When you're 100% and 100%, that means whatever he wants, I'm going to serve him. And I'm not even going to worry about me. Because what does culture tell us? What does culture tell us? i got to have me time. i got to take care of myself. I mean, there is a principle, but when I fully submitted to the Lord, what I've done is I've said, Lord, I fully submit my needs to you. I take my law of human relationships off of Eugene, saying he has to meet my needs, because that's what the world says. Okay, you, you've got to meet your own needs, because you have to have you time. You have to take care of yourself. You have to do this. Well, let me tell you, the only self you need to be taking care of is getting in the Word, when you get in the Word and spend time with the Lord, He meets your needs like you could never meet Him yourself. He meets your needs like your husband or wife could never meet your needs. And you know what that does? It gives you the freedom to meet your family's needs, the freedom to meet your coworkers' needs. You know why? Because I'm free. I don't have to worry about me. Because I'm too busy getting my needs met from my time in the Lord and in his presence that I can meet everybody's needs around me. Not because I'm trying to strive to do something right and good and do the right thing all the time. It's just a freedom. Let me tell you, this is what I want to get through to you today. It's not about do's and don'ts and this and that. It's called spirit-led relationship. And it's different. It's radical because it is different. Maybe in the old times, God's ways and man's ways were kind of together, but it is not that way now. You're going to have to choose. Do you want to do it God's way or man's way? And you know what? God gives us the answers to all the tests. He says, do you want this or that? Hey, choose that. I want to choose God's way. Amen? So, the Bible says in, we'll go ahead and look this one up, Psalms 127, 1. He talks about how you're going to build your house. This is in the Passion. This is if God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build the house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the centuries will circle it in vain. Basically said, you know what, you've, you've got to decide how you're going to build your house. Now, we're talking about house as in family. So I've got my little demos here. So I could choose to build the house. He's given us all, all we needed to build a house. Okay? So we have the ingredients for a house right here. Just like you might have a family, you have a mom and a dad and kids, you have all the ingredients. But how many times have you heard this? Well, they did, those kids didn't come with an instruction manual. I just got to build them. However, well, they did come with the instruction manual. The Creator gave us an instruction manual. But this is where I want to steer just a little bit. Because most of you who have grown up in church know what the instruction manual says about raising your family. There's all kinds of verses. Raise, train up a child in the way you should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. 
Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction will drive it far from them. We've got, here's your tools. We've got the tools right here. But what we're doing is we're not listening to the instructions in the spirit, and that you're just going to, you're just using your tools to destroy your house. You know, Proverbs 14.1 says, a wise woman or person will, go ahead and put, I don't know if that's even on my scripture list, Proverbs 14.1, in any translation you want, it's going to say the same thing. But God gives us the tools, and if I wanted the instructions for this little birdhouse, I would have to go, and you know, and I'd have to find the instructions. But it says, every wise woman encourages and builds up her family, but a foolish woman over time will tear it down by her own actions. And that goes for men too. And it goes for marriages too. You're either going to build up or you're going to tear down. You've got your tools, but are you using them right? Okay? So if I'm going to, there's different tools to build at different times. Believe it or not, there's different, if you're spirit led, there's times you will correct. And there's times you will not correct. You'll use your tools and you're going to build your house because not only do you have the tools, which I call the law, but you're going to have the spirit, which I call grace. You have to have both. But what's happened is if you've grown up in the church, we got a bunch of lawgivers here trying to do everything right, trying to follow the letter of the law without holding hands with the Spirit at the same time. You know what? If I really wanted to build this right, I'd get Matthew Easterwood up here or Martha up here. You know why? Because they love building and they know all the intricate details. You know, I don't know how to build this, but if I know who knows how, all I have to do is call on them. You know, I have five, five boys. Oh, my goodness. Every one of them were completely different. This is the deal. If I was the letter of the law, I would say, I raised all my boys exactly the same. Oh, kill. The law kills. Or I could take those same tools and ask the Spirit to help me. And he goes, okay, this one's a little bit different. You're going to have to do, you're going to have to build this side first on this one. And then put this in. And then put this in. Let me tell you, your kids, God knows them. God knows how they tick. God knows if the enemy is lying to them. And he can tell you because he's given you the anointing to raise those kids. Does that mean you have to be perfect? Absolutely not. But it does mean you have to be quick to repent. Quick to repent. And say, okay, Lord, oh, I just messed up. And then ask them for forgiveness. And then go, okay, oh, Lord, what, what do I do now? My number three son, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. 
And every time the Lord would help. Every time the Lord would help. And I, I would mess up and the Lord would help. I told my oldest son yesterday, boy, if I raised Matthew, which is my youngest, like I raised my oldest, C.E., I'd be in sad shape because that's a long time, 14 years, that I wouldn't have changed at all. You should be changing all the time. If you're walking with the Spirit, every time you walk with the Spirit, he's such a gentleman. He's going to help you. He's going to say, okay, now, let me show you something, Kim. You've got some anger issues. Let me help you get those off. Help me put on love. And he's so gentlemanly. And he helps you. I have a choice. There's that word again, choice. I can always choose to follow after his leading, or I can choose to hang on. I can choose to hang on to those issues in my life, or I can let his light shine and change me. And when I'm changed, guess what happens to those following me? They get changed too. And that's our goal. That's our goal. So uh, Brad's going to be talking about marriages next week a little bit more. So I do want to, just real quick, um, just talk about kids just a little bit. So we've got grace versus the law. So let's just go real easy, real simple. Some of the main things that we want to instill in our children, super simple. We want them to know why they're here. Easy peasy. You guys know why you're here? Let me tell you why you're here. To glorify the Lord. Period. To be kingdom-minded. So even when they're little bitty, they should always know that they're never here to serve themselves. What does that look like? You say, always looking out. Someone else. Do you see that little boy? You need to go share your toy with him. No, it's not about you. It's never about them. It's always about the Lord. Number two, if you can instill a foundation of discipline within your kids, Think about your own life. Wouldn't it be nice when you gave your life to the Lord, let's say if you got saved at 18, wouldn't it be nice when you, got your, you gave your life to the Lord, it was easy peasy walking from that moment on? What happened? You had to discipline yourself. You had to say, okay. I'm going to make a wise choice and get up early and spend time with the Lord. That's either going to be hard for you or it's going to be easy because you've already had a foundation of discipline. Or you, uh, when you go to a party, maybe a party you used to go to all the time. Now that you've given, you've, you've already messed up because if you've given your life to the Lord, the Holy Spirit's there saying, no, that's not my way. Come do it this way, it's better. So once now you go to the party and you're like, oh, what's that feeling now? And you have to choose. But if you had a foundation of discipline, 
You would have already been trained to hear God's voice. You say, what? How would I have been trained to hear God's voice? Guess what, parents? Ephesians 6, 1 in the Amplified says, you are God's representatives. You're God's representatives. That means you're training your kids to hear your voice so that when God starts talking to them, it's easy. They just obey because that's what they've been taught. They've been taught to obey. Or it's hard because they never obey you until you've said it about 10 times and your voice gets to this certain pitch and they know you're about to lose it and then they go, okay, I guess I'll obey. You're God's representatives and you're training your kids to hear your voice one way or another. You're either training them to wait or you're training them to obey quickly. So the proper way to do that would be, I'm going to train my kids to obey my voice the first time in a conversational tone of voice. Okay? So I should never have to yell at them. If you've trained them from little, then it's easy. If you've waited till they're bigger, it's a little harder. And if you think about yourself, you think, how was I trained? And if you weren't trained right, then you need to say, Lord, train me to hear your voice the first time you speak to me without yelling. You know, when 9-11 happened, there was testimony after testimony after testimony of people getting up that morning and the Holy Spirit telling them, don't go to work today. Don't go to work today. Okay, so think about that for a minute. How many of, do you think that those people that heard God's voice were special, that God loved them more than the people that did go to work? Absolutely not. I guarantee you he spoke to every single person that day. Now, if they weren't his, they couldn't hear him. If they were his that day, they could have been like most of our kids going, well, why? Why? I don't know why. That's stupid. I'll get fired if I don't go to work. And what, what did they do? Those people that heard, heard God's voice had to go, I don't know why you're telling me not to go to work today, Lord, but I'm going to obey. That's the kind of people we want to raise. That go, I don't know why, but I heard your voice and I'm going to obey. Those are the kind we want to raise. Do you understand? We're his representatives. We, everything we do, you know what, if that doesn't scare the socks off you, you look, it, it scared the socks off me, then it should. 
And it should drive us to our knees every single morning and every single minute of the day saying, Lord, what do I do about this situation? What do you want me to know? What do I do? What do you want me to hear? How do you want me to handle this situation? We have to go to him. So that was two, foundation of discipline. And the, number three, the last one point, it doesn't, it's, it's not exhaustive by any point. But if you can do these three things, if you can teach them that their life's not their own, if you can give them a foundation of discipline, and this third one, if you can do these three things, they're gonna, they will succeed. And the third one is teach them to be dependent on the Lord. Okay, this is a hard one. You know why? Because kids are inherently, and every kid is a little bit different, but you always have those kids, I do it myself. I do it myself. No, I do it myself. They don't want help. I do it myself. I do it myself. And you know what? If you have an independent spirit within that child, you're going to have to train and say, I know you want to do it yourself, but you know what? You need the master to help you with everything. They should always be want, wanting. If you can have, if you were taking a math test and you had a choice, but doing it yourself or having Albert Einstein help you answer the questions with no ramifications, why wouldn't you have the expert help you? That's silly. Teach them to be dependent on the Lord. You know, when they're little, they are dependent on you. But instead of teaching them to be independent, we're going to transfer that dependence and say, no, you have the Holy Spirit to walk with you every single place you go. When they go to school, if they go to public school, the Holy Spirit can go with them where you can't. When they go to a friend's house, the Holy Spirit will go to them when you can't. There's situations as they get older, you want them to go with the Holy Spirit because the enemy is out there to destroy them. But we should never live in fear. We should always live on our knees. Amen? God's given you the anointing just like you go, but how do I do that? He's saying, you don't have to do it on your own. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you. Even as your kids get older, they're going to go through things. They need a mama and a daddy who never quits doing battle on their behalf. There may be times that you cannot physically or talk to them anymore, but you know who can. You know who can. And there will be times that maybe their very life depends on it. I know that there was times that my life was spared, my physical life was spared because the Holy Spirit talked to my mother and she prayed. When I was in high school, we went to the state football game and we won. Yay! It's a big story. Um, but I remember in, it was in Stillwater. And I, it was, we were with friends going to the hotel. And I remember being in the back seat. I don't even remember who was driving. But it was one of those two lanes and two lanes and a big, like, ditch in between. 
And I remember being in the back seat, seeing lights coming straight at us, thinking, those lights are coming straight at us. Those, I mean, they were, they were not even on, I mean, they were like on the wrong road, going the wrong way, coming straight at us, and I could say nothing. And all I remember is at the very last second, whoever was driving swerved, and then we were all like, that guy was going to hit us. And then later, when we got home, when I got home, finding out that mom and dad, who had flown to the game and then flown back, that was when my dad had an airplane, had said, did something happen last night? I'm sure she could tell the story better, but there was a very much, like she knew my life was in danger, and she, she knew how to pray. Mamas, dad, you know, you need to know how to pray for your kids. There are times when their life depends on it, and the more you've grown up in the church, the more of a target they are, and the more you may have to do battle on their behalf because the enemy wants them. The enemy wants them. So, you know, I can't, I actually, you know, I'm, I'm known for speaking very, very short. Short and short. Uh, but I could probably talk for hours about raising kids, but I'm not gonna do that today because it just can't. It's just like, there is so much out there but you have to decide, am I going to do it God's way? I'm going to be spirit-led? Yes, you can do this, but you better have some grace with it. If you go, well, the Bible says that the rod of correction is going to drive that foolishness far from them. I mean, I know ministers who took that way, way in the ditch. And today, they won't even speak on child training because they know what damage they did to their kids because they would spank them over every single little thing. You know what? The Bible says, love God, love people. So there's not very many times direct disobedience, direct disobedience would be really about the only time that you would use the rod. Other times, you know, I was talking to a young lady whose dad was a horseman is a horseman. And he said, always start out light because the more fiery or more intelligent the horse is, it will not respond well to harsh. But God never wanted us to use this out of harshness. It's always been out of love and grace. And when you have a relationship, there's a saying in the child training, rules without relationship equals rebellion. Rules without relationship always breeds rebellion. You must have the spirit. You must have grace. You have to have both. You have to have both to raise a healthy family, to have a healthy marriage. You have to have both. You know, like in marriages, what do we hear? Oh, the wife has to submit. You've got to submit to me. That's the law. You know what? I love to submit to someone who's willing to die for me. It's easy. It is easy to submit to someone who will die for me and has my best interest at heart. That's called grace. You have to have both. Because if you only have the law, the law kills. The law breaks up. 
How are you building your house today? How are you building your house? So I love when I minister to make everybody decide, choose. So I'm going to have you guys choose today. So if you want to say, oh, Lord, I repent, I repent, I want you to stand up. And then, if you don't need to repent, I want you to stand up. For those of you who go, I want to follow the Spirit. And you know what? That really should be everybody. Because even the young men who are not married can still say, or the young women, you choose today. You have a choice today. And let me tell you, our world is not good. You need to decide today. Am I going to choose to have a spirit-led life or am I going to do it the world's way? Am I, and that really is just saying, am I going to do it my way? My way, mine, mine, it's mine. My life is mine. I'm going to do it my way. You know what? You can do that your way, but let me tell you, it is not the best. You want fullness, blessings, supernatural help, you do it God's way. If you want to fall all the time, you do it the natural way. So all you really have to do is make that choice and then decide you're going to walk this walk with your kids. You know what that means? They're going to see you mess up, but they should see you repent and go the other way all the time. They should see me. I grew up in a home that was not perfect. Sorry, Mom. But you know what I did see? Repentance all the time and striving. The same parents that raised me when I was five are not the same parents that I was when I was 20. They're not the same parents when I was 30 or 40 or 50. They're not the same. You know why? Because there was a constant change. We should be constantly changing more and more and more and more like the Lord. So walk with them. Grow with your kids. Take them on this journey with you. They should see, wow, we're different than we used to be. We're different. Change with them. Walk with them. So if you'll just let me pray over you, then we'll be dismissed. Or uh, Pastor Eugene will come up. Actually, Eugene will come up and help me pray. Father, we just come before you right now. And I thank you for these people, your precious, precious people. I thank you that you love them enough to heal them before the service was even started. Father, I pray blessings upon them. And Father, as we repent for when we messed up, we repent for not doing things your way. We repent. I pray, Father, that you give them the anointing they need and the spirit-led life they need to walk out this new life that they've chosen to do, to walk out, to be the parents, to be the individuals, to be the co-workers, to be the wives, to be the husbands that you've called them to be that are a threat to the enemy's kingdom. May we take back 
the ground that was lost. May we choose today to walk after your ways and do things your way. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, once again, I just join myself with, uh, with Kim here and just thank you all for coming and joining with us. And those of you joining us online, we just hope and believe that you receive from the Lord what you needed here today. You know, when we minister on children, even or on relationships in general, uh, the difficulty is we just know everybody in the room is probably at a different place. You got singles. You've got, um, you, you know, you have parents that maybe that, that, that what we're talking about applies to them. Uh, maybe it's something in their past or, or it's something in their future. And, and we just realize that, that it doesn't properly and adequately address everybody in this situation that you're in. But the one thing that I hope that you can walk away from this room today knowing is that the Lord is there to walk hand in hand with you right exactly where you're at. And no matter what you're doing, no matter what we are doing, we need to be spirit-led. We have to hear the Lord's leading. Because whatever you're doing, no matter what kind of mess-ups that we've, that we've had, He is always there. You know, when I, I have the opportunity to, minute, to, to visit with people all the time, and I tell them, you know, Matt, you know, how far away you found yourself from the Lord... You don't have to retract your, your, your steps back to where you walked away from him because he's been following after you every step of the way. And all you have to do is stop, repent, and turn around. And he's right there. His arms are there to embrace you, to lead you, to take you where you need to go and, and, and on the journey that you're on right then. So he's a big God. He can, he's, he's, he's massively bigger than any of the mess-ups we've ever done. And he can... Uh, take us where we need to go. So if you're here in this room today and that there is a special, you know, if there's something that we can pray with you, I think we have a, uh, a prayer team ready to go um, that, that as we dismiss, please take advantage of our prayer team because they are here to pray with you. Um, you know, we, I know we prayed for our health earlier, but maybe there's something else that we can agree with you on. Uh, our prayer team is here to pray with you.